Good evening, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency boys and girls. Today is January the 9th of 2019. This is episode 54 of the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. Today, we've got some topics in both cyber and crypto, so I'll kind of run through the list here. Uh, As far as cryptocurrency goes, we're going to talk about the Ethereum fork that's happening coming up in the next few days and uh, what some of the exchanges are doing to prepare for that. Also going to talk about Thailand and what they're doing in the cryptocurrency space. And we're also going to talk about what the experts are saying about the current trends with the price of Bitcoin. We're still kind of floating around four grand, so I'll update everybody on what the so-called experts are saying. And then for cybersecurity news, we're going to talk about Humana and what happened with them. I'm also going to revisit the story of the Android apps that are sharing your data with Facebook. Going to talk a little bit about Vietnam and what they're saying about Facebook. We're also going to talk a little bit about Steam and what's happening on their gaming platform. They're one of the biggest gaming platforms out there. Going to talk about some telecom providers and what they're doing with our privacy. There's also another trend that I want to talk about with these articles talking about uh, phishing and bypassing two-factor. So we'll touch on that too. I saw numerous other articles about that as well here in the last few weeks. And we'll also talk about the student who supposedly acted alone on all the data leaks of all the German politicians. I missed one in cryptocurrency. In crypto, we're also going to talk about the Ethereum Classic uh, double spend attack that just happened. Uh, That cost them quite a bit. So lots of things to dive into. We're just kind of kicking things off here. First and foremost, I want to thank our sponsor. It's Southern Graphics T-Shirt Company. they got all kinds of cool and funny T-shirts on their website, so go check them out. Their website is southerngraphicstshirtco.com. Go check them out. They can design custom stuff for you, too. So to kick things off, we'll start with Ethereum and their fork that's coming up. It is what they're calling a hard fork, and it's uh, the Constantinople code update. They're saying that the hard fork is going to happen between the 14th and the 18th of January. So that's in the next five days when this is potentially going to start happening. Uh, there's news about this update. A lot of the crypto exchanges have been releasing updates. They're obviously having to update their systems to work with the new code and prepping everything on their side to be able to do the exchanges moving forward. From what I know, Ethereum's not going to change their name. It's still going to be called Ethereum. Uh, this is just a big code update called Constantinople. So it'll still be called Ethereum but uh, they're doing those big code updates around the board there. So be on the lookout for that in the next five days or so. Thailand made some news uh, in the cryptocurrency realm. They came out the other day and said that they are issuing their first licenses to four different crypto exchanges to operate in Thailand. Now that's interesting because similar crypto exchanges in the Asian markets have been shut down. So interesting to see that Thailand is now now issuing licenses to run those exchanges in Thailand. So kind of interesting stuff there. So we'll see what comes of those new exchanges. I don't know the names of them or anything yet, but uh, those will now be up and running in Thailand. I meant to also mention about the Ethereum hard fork that's happening. One thing we don't know is how that's also going to affect mining. So that's kind of yet to be seen. I am currently mining for Ethereum, so I will be staying on top of that and seeing if there's anything I have to do differently uh, to be able to mine for this new hard fork. I would suspect that all the mining pools and whatnot 
are also going to have to do code updates, although I don't know for sure, but uh, certainly be interesting, but I will be staying on top of that and I will report back on uh, anything to do with Ethereum mining and whether or not it's affected at all. So stay tuned for that. Uh, speaking of Ethereum, Ethereum Classic was hit with what's called the double spend attack. Now, several weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, uh, we discussed the 51% rule or 51% attack where essentially hackers can create a influx of transactions and even be able to recall their transactions. So the double spend is very similar to this where they can uh, send a transaction, recall it, and then send it again, making the network think that it was sent twice. So that's a huge blow for Ethereum Classic. This particular instance cost 1.1 million bucks in Ethereum Classic. So definitely a big hit, but Ethereum Classic developers also closed the books on any new Ethereum Classic development as well. I don't know and I haven't heard if anybody's taking over that project, but several months back when the crypto market was really taking the huge downturn, Ethereum Classic developers announced that they're going to be shutting down. So what does that mean for Ethereum Classic moving forward? I don't know. And it's kind of scary to think, you know, if they're having such a huge uh, issue with their code and nobody's going to update it, you know, when are the exploits going to stop? So definitely keep a pulse on that, especially if you have any Ethereum Classic at all. Keep an eye on that and see what's going on there. Um, I'll try to keep up to date with it as well, because Ethereum Classic is also another coin that you could mine for and it's it's fairly easy to mine for it's just like mining for ethereum so definitely weird stuff happening with ethereum classic so we'll see if they release any kind of fixes for that or if somebody takes over that project still yet to be seen all right now the price of bitcoin discussion some of the crypto and price analysis experts have come out in the last few days and said that bitcoin is looking like it's showing signs of what they call indecision and that means that the price could fall back below 4,000, or at least that's what they're speculating. They're saying it's going to be a minor pullback under 4,000. So have not seen it dip below that 4,000 mark yet. It did a quick dip the other day, but it was right back up, got down to 3,900 something, and then it was right back up to 4,000. So it is holding pretty steady now at 4,000. So we'll see if this other little dip happens there and we'll just keep watching this thing and see see what develops with the old bitcoin there my hope is that it gets better obviously and because that's just better for the entire market i do also wonder how the ethereum code update is going to affect the price of ethereum that's one big thing that we don't know is are people going to start jumping back on the ethereum bandwagon now because they've updated their code with this new uh, tech and all this new stuff that they're going to help continue the Ethereum blockchain and continue the decentralized apps and all that fun stuff. So I am curious to see if the adoption of Ethereum or the price of it will go up any further based on this code update. Or will everybody sell off right before the code update? You know, you just never know what's going to happen there. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on that and, and keep watching for that Ethereum and uh, watch that price of it. See what happens with it there. It could go way up or it could go way down. So we don't know yet. But I'll also keep an eye on the mining for Ethereum and let everybody know what's you know what it takes to mine for it as well if anything new changes there. Okay, jumping over to cybersecurity news. 
Humana, one of the biggest healthcare providers in the United States, announced a security incident that had happened back in October. Uh, it was through a third party. Now, this third party was a bank, and they basically said that the hackers got control, full control of some of the bankers' accounts, and apparently they were registering people with Humana, and so these hackers with access to those accounts were able to see and potentially steal your personal and private data, including your social security number. Now, they have not confirmed whether or not social security numbers were leaked as part of this breach, but they did say it's a possibility and there's still it's still an ongoing investigation there. So keep your eyes open on that one too. I'll be watching for any updates with that as well. But that's a pretty big breach, so we'll see if they've come out with some better numbers and on how many people were affected as well. So last Friday I talked about the news article that came out about the Android apps and how they're sharing your data with Facebook with or without an account. Now there's a lot of backlash has been happening now since these reports have come out. My question is, why can't we remove the Facebook app from our phones? If you have an Android phone and let's say Samsung, I have a Samsung, I cannot remove the Facebook app. I can only disable it. Well, that doesn't really make me feel very warm and fuzzy. I want to totally remove the dang thing if it's collecting information on me that I'm not allowed. I don't want it to. And all these other apps that I could be opening are just sending my data to Facebook willy-nilly. That's not cool. And so I want to get rid of their app altogether. The problem is they don't let you. It's baked into the OS. And since we don't have root access on a lot of our phones, at least the US-based Android phones, they've locked all the bootloaders with pretty much all carriers so you can't root the phones. Which sucks because of reasons just like this. I want to root my phone and get rid of the damn Facebook app. I don't want that thing sending my data uh, to Facebook. But regardless, it doesn't look like there's an option at the moment. There has been a lot of backlash, though, coming out from the Android community. I'm backlashing out at... Samsung and LG and other uh, handset manufacturers, smartphone manufacturers. And the backlash is, you know, basically coming out and saying, hey, why can't we remove this app from our phones? You know, this is not cool. It's baked into the OS and we can't change it. Why? Why can't we change it? So has been a lot of backlash there. So I do expect more interesting news to come out about that as well as things progress there. All right. Some other cybersecurity stuff. Graham Cluley, which... I totally respect this guy. He's got his own podcast, his own website, uh, cybersecurity podcast and whatnot. So totally respect the guy. However, he posted this article on his website, and I'm rather frustrated by the title. And he says on the on the title that it's a two-factor bypass. And this kind of, I've seen this multiple different times, not just with Graham. But I see these headlines on a lot of different news sites, cybersecurity news sites, and it drives me nuts because it's not really a bypass. I thought there was some cool new hack, you know, that they could actually hack something and get around two-factor or disable it somehow or, you know, generate the code and not, you know, whatever it was. But no, all they're doing is they're phishing. They're phishing not only for the user's password, but they're also phishing for that two-factor code. It's pretty simple. So it's not really technically bypassing. Yes, if the user gives their two-factor code up, well, then yeah, you can log in as them. You're not, you're still not bypassing that second factor. You're still getting the code and using it. So I don't like these news articles 
claiming that you're, you know, there's these new techniques and they're bypassing two-factor. You're not bypassing. So that people need to stop with that. It's it's very frustrating for me because I'm trying to push more towards two-factor, especially at my job. And, you know, when people see stuff like this, they think, oh, well, you can just bypass it. And, and that's actually not the case. And then I have to go and explain it. So, Graham, I love you, but uh, don't like the, the headline of your news article, buddy. So please change it and let's not give out some fake news to folks. But like I said, it wasn't just Graham that's doing it. It's It's been on multiple different sites. So make sure you read those articles rather than just taking the tagline or the headline and thinking that it's the truth. Oftentimes when you dig down into them, you realize that it's not actually a bypass. So heads up on those. Two-factor is still a great mechanism for preventing account takeover. And Graham even said that towards the bottom of the article. He did say that it's still a great mechanism to use. So either way, just make sure you're careful with those because they, they're claiming it's a bypass. All right, some of the other fun stuff that's been coming out. Everybody knows about all the Facebook drama and all their privacy drama that's going on and all the lawmakers are up in arms. Well, Facebook has made another friend over in Vietnam. Vietnam says that Facebook violated one of their laws. So just more punches for Facebook. My goodness. They are getting it from every which direction. It's going to be nuts. California is also releasing their own sort of GDPR as well. So, man, what is it? What does all this mean for Facebook and how many people are going to trust them still? But I'll post the link to that in the show notes so you can check that out. Uh, some other articles came out today about telecom companies that were still selling our location data. I'll post that in the show notes as well. I think we all kind of knew that was still going on, but they haven't stopped. In case you were wondering. And in regards to the German politicians that got hacked, uh, supposedly this 20-year-old student claims that he did it all by himself. He was disgruntled and apparently did all these hacks by himself and this is they're calling it a pretty massive data leak and uh, he claims to have been doing it all by himself so they did already find the person that did it which i think is pretty quick and i guess that's good too but i'm sure that uh the german authorities would probably hire him to be a, a hacker for them at some point too but he was caught and he did uh, get arrested here recently so i thought that was kind of interesting to see that happening that's all i had for today folks if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at eenglish34 on twitter at eenglish34 you can hit me up on there also want to thank our sponsor southern graphics t-shirt company their website southerngraphicstshirtco.com thank you everybody for listening and we'll talk again soon